Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger's Syndrome, also called Autism Spectrum Disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome once again to Aspieland. My name is John Allen, and I'm honored to be your host. If you're new to this podcast, you're especially welcome here. Please know as well that you're in a place of acceptance and understanding, both for you who have Asperger's Syndrome and Autism Spectrum Disorder, and for those of you who do not. These podcasts are not just for Aspies or those on the spectrum, but for those of you who are neurotypical as well. I want to help those of you who have Asperger's Syndrome, which is now called Autism Spectrum Disorder, to understand and function in the neurotypical world. For those of you who are neurotypical, I want to help you understand Asperger's Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder so that we can all discover and appreciate the way we can both see the world so that we can coexist, making new friends and great relationships by looking at life through each other's eyes. You know, we all have things that make us comfortable. A certain chair, a certain kind of clothing that we own, or perhaps it's a certain outfit we particularly like because it, it feels so comfortable. My grandson, when he comes to visit us, has a certain blanket that he likes to wrap himself up in, and he walks with it, and he sits with it, and he plays his games with it. These things can help us feel relaxed and warm and safe. We also have certain routines that bring us that same feeling. For some, it's a ceremonial first cup of coffee that must be enjoyed before anything else. Still others might find a favorite blanket, go to their favorite chair, and curl up with a good book in that order. These routines are just an extension of things that make us feel comfortable in our own environments. No matter who you are, you have them. Even the routine of the route you take to work or school every day. These routines sometimes are looked upon as habits, and no matter what you call them, a habit or a routine, they can be a comfort to you and almost give you a joyful feeling. Let me give you a quick primer on habits and routines. Routines are things that you do deliberately. You think about them. You process them. You, I am going to do this, and then I'll do this, and then I'll do that. And you're thinking about it. That's a routine. A habit is different because it's done automatically, almost without thinking. You don't even process it. A routine, when you do it over and over and over, over time, becomes a habit. That's the thing about routines and habits. So let's move on. In this episode, we'll discover how the routines, especially for those of us who have Asperger's Syndrome, now Autism Spectrum Disorder, can be both a help and a hindrance. Now, I call this episode the comfort zone. Do, 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 do. How many remember the Twilight Zone with Rod Serling? He would stand in a dark room with his black suit and his black tie. It's all in black and white, by the way. And he stands there. He looks down, 
but he's looking up at you with his eyes, and he goes, submitted for your perusal, and he talks about this neat story he's going to do. It was cool stuff back then. Anyway, we're going to look at how we understand things that make up a comfort zone, be they from routine behavior or from a habit or from other places as well. And in doing this, we might enlighten everyone about this aspect of life on the spectrum, especially for our neurotypical listeners. Firstly, thanks to everyone for listening. I appreciate every listener to this podcast. We're just exploding with new listeners. Let me give a shout out to some of you. Anchorage, Alaska, Seven Oaks, that's in Kent, England, Ann Arbor and Detroit, Michigan, Boston, Massachusetts, Hyde Park, New York, and Eden Derry and Cork, which are both in Ireland, and countless others who've started listening just in the last few episodes. Now, I have a favor to ask each of you. Please, please, please with an underline, go to the aspieland.org website and go to the subscription page and subscribe to the podcast. That's really a big help for me. Also, please rate and review this podcast with your podcast provider. That really helps others find this podcast while they're cruising on the web. All right, having said all that, let's get on with the comfort zone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> For those of us with Asperger's syndrome, which is now autism spectrum disorder, there are many ways that we can create what I call a comfort zone. Now, many of these I mentioned in previous podcasts, like episodes 10 and 11, but let me tell you about some ways you may not expect and ways that you may have suspected and that I can clear up some unanswered questions in there. For those of you who are neurotypical, I haven't left you out of the conversation. As you listen to these things, try to think of ways you can recognize these things when you're in a situation where you're talking to or engaging an Aspie. One of the many things that those of us with Asperger's syndrome, autism spectrum disorder are noted for is repetitive behaviors. In fact, it's one of the criteria for diagnosis in that area. These can run the gamut from wearing the same clothes every day, which is one that I can raise my hand for. I do that, okay, and how we conduct ourselves in our day-to-day maneuverings and goings-on. Each one of these can be a source of comfort to us just by doing something that helps us feel like we belong. Still another one I'd like to expand on right now is called stimming. Stimming, or stims for short, are little things that we do repetitively. Everyone has a stim or two. It doesn't matter if you're on the spectrum or you're a neurotypical. We all have them. Now, in the neurotypical world, they're called nervous habits. For example, if someone who is neurotypical gets nervous or anxious or even bored, they can show it by tapping a finger on the table or, or jiggling your foot while you're sitting down. Or in women, it may be twirling your hair with your fingers. Most times, it only lasts a few seconds, maybe a few moments, and it's not disruptive to those who are doing it, nor is it disruptive to the people around them. However, as one who lives with Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder, this behavior can manifest itself by rubbing your skin or repetitive blinking. 
or gently rocking back and forth, and for some it's from side to side in your chair, or rubbing your fingers together. Now these can be fairly innocuous and are not generally disturbing to everyone around you. The stims may last longer, though, for aspies than in neurotypical, sometimes for really long periods. Most aspies don't even know that they're doing it. Now, having said that, there are some stims that can be more disruptive, such as flapping your hands, which is almost like clapping, or drumming with your fingers or your hands on a table or chair, or pacing the floor in the room, staring at lights or even mumbling to oneself can be a disruptive influence on others in the room. And since most of us Aspies have an extremely difficult time recognizing nonverbal cues, they can miss the signals from others to stop their behavior, and as a result, that can cause issues. Now, regardless of the type of stim is the fact that many of them are nearly automatic and can, and usually are, a great source of comfort, sort of like a warm blanket. Comfort does not happen easily for those of us on the spectrum. Because of the wide open nature of our senses and the constant observation of nearly everything by sight and sound and smell and light and color and texture, our minds can become overcrowded. And that can make us feel lost in all of it. Well, the stims are a way to help ease the mind, kind of turning off the brain, as it were. For the Aspie, turning off the brain, even for a moment, is bliss. Now, the stims help to give a small sense of sameness, and hence comfort. This means that stims, while yes, we can do them occasionally, but when we are under stress or are feeling pressured, these stims can be the only thing that keeps the meltdowns away. Let me give you a personal example. When I was about eight or nine years old, I would go to my neighbor's house, my next door neighbor, and ride on the swings of their swing set. My neighbors were really nice, and they let me ride the swings whenever I liked. I spent hours on the swings, and while I would swing, I would sing, and oh, how I loved it. The swings made me feel like I was flying through the air, like a bird swooping up and down. And it gave me a freeing feeling that spread through me and put a big smile on my face. When I was on the swings, I could fly far away from everything. As I grew older, well, I couldn't ride on the swings anymore. So my outlet merged from singing to talking. Now, back then, we used to walk a long way to get to school, almost a mile, and I was always walking by myself. Now, others would walk with their friends, but being different meant that you were selectively ignored. So there I was. It felt very isolating and lonesome. Well, anyway, I started to quietly talk to myself, almost in a whisper. Nothing earth-shattering, no fussing, no fuming, just a gentle, quiet talk about anything or everything. As life got tougher, the talking became a regular thing for me. It became my stim, my comfort zone. At the time, I had no idea that I had Asperger syndrome or autism spectrum disorder, 
so I thought nothing of it. In fact, I was hardly aware that I was doing it. I just knew that I was always okay as long as I had time and space to myself, which usually meant time to talk. It was very comforting. Now today, I'm 64 years old, and I sometimes talk a little louder and more noticeably. My wife, in fact, has come home a time or two, and there I am having an argument with no one in the room. Now that certainly caused an embarrassing moment or two. But as it turned out, it helped both me and my wife come to a better understanding about stims and the purpose they serve within the mind of one of us who are on the spectrum. Okay, now that you have some understanding about stims and repetitive behaviors becoming sort of a comfort zone, remember that your comfort zone does not necessarily mean that it's someone else's comfort zone. Now, sometimes being in your comfort zone can put a neurotypical out of their comfort zone. While as a person on the spectrum would gravitate to a particular routine or a stim when you're uncomfortable, a neurotypical, when they encounter your stim, is just as likely to simply walk away or become alarmed. This can be really important for our neurotypical listeners. Keep in mind that stims can be a very important action when we who are on the spectrum become extremely stressed. When you combine the stim and the fact that many of us on the spectrum do not make eye contact, this may appear to be something that can easily be misinterpreted. For example, when I was in high school, I was thought to be on drugs because I would be stimming and since I did not make eye contact or respond to others when they spoke to me because I didn't know what to say, people drew the wrong conclusion. You remember the stigmas we talked about in our last podcast? Well, here's another example of how a simple misinterpretation can be the beginnings of or a reinforcement of a stigma concerning those of us who are on the spectrum. This sort of thing happens as well in situations with others in all kinds of different occupations, such as medicine or law enforcement or education. Sometimes if we, those of us on the spectrum, are in an awkward and stressful situation, a person who is untrained in autistic behaviors that encounter us may misinterpret our stims as disruptive, symptomatic, or even unlawful behavior. And this is not as uncommon as it may sound. So keep in mind that these misrepresentations can and do happen simply because autism spectrum disorder behaviors are simply not recognized due to a lack of understanding. And understanding is what this podcast is all about. Stims and repetitive routines, things that create those comfort zones as I call them, help us to keep on track. And while, yeah, we can get carried away with them from time to time, they can be great stabilizers that help us navigate the world that we're all living in. Now, for those of you who may be neurotypical, try to remember that we see the world in a different way than most. And because of our differences, it becomes very important to learn about how we live and cope with the world. For those of you who have Asperger's Syndrome, Autism Spectrum Disorder, try to keep in mind 
that while comfort zones can be good things that help us cope with stresses and anxieties, they can also be misunderstood, which makes it important for us to do our best to understand the neurotypical as well. Comfort zones can be really great places to visit, and they'll always be a part of the Aspie or Spectrum life. They help us feel warm and safe and content, but they're only temporary places, like short rest stops along the highway. They're not meant to be a permanent place to dwell. To my friends on the spectrum, please try not to isolate yourself from the neurotypical world. It really is a wonderful place, and neurotypical people are wonderful as well. Comfort zones never replace people. I think that, given a choice, most Aspies would gladly prefer someone who cares over a stim or even a warm blanket. The best comfort comes through the ways we appreciate and take care of each other. Let's do our best to understand and relate both Aspies and neurotypicals. Well, we've come to the end of our time together again. I sure enjoy our time together here in Aspieland, and I hope you do too. Be sure to go to the Aspieland.org website and subscribe like I mentioned earlier. It's the only way I can tell who's listening, and it's a quick and easy way to connect. You can also reach me by email at john at aspieland.org, or here's another email address, aspieland.org at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on the website, please try to make a donation if you can. That would really help keep things running. Stay safe, my friends, and we'll meet up next time in Aspieland. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not, because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again. <laughs>